Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for those kind words. Um, You know, Julie and I are just grateful to be able to serve uh, here at Hope City. It's just a pleasure. It's my hometown. uh, And and the Neal family has become family for us. You know, we have twin boys that are 22 years old, and uh, our kids are, are quite a bit older than their kids, but there's just this special bond between our family that's happened over this past 10 years, and it's, it's a true blessing to our family. So thank you. I feel honored and privileged to be able to teach today. Um, I get to teach every so often and discover hope, and it's, uh, it's something that I, I really, really cherish. And so for those of you that are first time here today, I know you heard about this great pastor that we have, and you were hoping to hear him speak. Um, and I know some of you that are members were here to hear Josh speak, and then you're kind of disappointed. It's kind of like when you're watching baseball, right, and your favorite player's coming up to bat, or he's supposed to be in the game, and you realize today's his day off. And it's like, mm, yeah, I think I'll just tune in next week. Um, I get it. I get it. I, I apologize for that. But I think the Lord's given me a message, and I'm excited to share with you. Um, you know, Julie and I just celebrated a, a couple months ago our 31st wedding anniversary. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, and so we decided to go to a place we hadn't been before. We had never been to, to Tennessee together. We went up to Gatlinburg and spent a long weekend together uh, and did some fun things. And Julie wanted to go ziplining. Um, now, that wouldn't be my first choice uh, of things to do at um, 55, near, nearly 56 years old. But I wouldn't say I'm afraid of heights. It's just not my favorite thing, right? And so we picked a mountain uh, and found this place called Anakista. Some of you may have heard of it. It's very popular. Um, and, and so we went ziplining. So we're getting all geared up, and there's these three young ladies that are our guides. And one of them, look, I mean, she looks like she's 16 to me. I'm sure she was a college student, you know. She had these little round glasses on, you know, like John Lennon used to wear. Um, most of you, you know, you know, John Lennon, old, right? Uh, but it's coming back, right? These round Ray-Bans, you know. And she's doing all the talking. Um, and you can tell it's the end of the day. She wants to be done. And so she's telling us she doesn't give us a lot of direction. She just pretty much says, hey, look, we're going to zip down in front of you. And you don't have to worry about breaking or anything. We'll, we'll catch you. I'm like, okay. Because um, all I can think about is how it's going to happen, what's going to happen on the other end. That's all I'm thinking about. Um, and she says, but listen, you just need to hold on to the handle, you know, lift your knees. You want to go plenty fast. You don't want to get hung up in the middle. You want to go all the way across. Okay. And she said, when you get to the other end, you're going to be holding on to this handle. You just need to lean one way or the other because when you hit the brake, you don't want to hit yourself in the face. Okay. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all we got for direction. And so we get up there and we jump off. Julie's excited. She's just giddy, right? We get up there and we jump off. And for about two seconds, it's fantastic. I mean, it's beautiful. It's scenic. We're hundreds of feet off the ground. And I am absolutely flying. 
And I'm looking at this girl that looks like she's 16 with her round John Lennon glasses on, and I'm thinking, I'm going to kill this girl. And I'm coming in there. I don't know what it looked like, of course. But all I'm going to tell you is when I hit that break, it was violent. I feel like my feet went up over the cable, that I was hanging upside down backwards looking at the gorge. I mean, if you would have told me that's how we were going to stop, there ain't no way I'm getting on this thing. There ain't no way. Well, I'm finally, you know, getting over being disoriented. By the way, I don't even make it to the platform. She's just towing me in. You're all right. You're all right. And Julie's up there on the platform just smiling and laughing. And it's, I'm not smiling and laughing. It's not good. And, and I'm thinking, I got two more of these to go. So the, first, the second one, is for sake of time, the second one is just like the first one, just as violent, and I'm thinking, something's wrong here. This is not right. This is not how this is supposed to go. And so we get to the last one, and the young girl with the John Lennon glasses says, well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The bad news is, is this is our last run, and it's the shortest run. And I'm thinking, thank God. Surely it's not going to be as fast as the other two. And she's like, but the good news is, is it's the fastest run of the day. And she's like, and we're going to take your pictures on the way down. And Julie's looking at me. She's like, yeah, lean in and smile. And I'm like, I could care less about the picture. Gabe, you want to go ahead and show the pictures? This is embarrassing. Yeah. 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 That is not the face of someone who had clear direction. All I'm thinking about is impact, right? And what's the helmet going to do? I mean, I'm hundreds of feet off the ground. If I fall off the cable, the helmet's doing nothing. I mean, I just look stupid. So we have those, I think we have about 80 pictures of this last run. Um, I share that with you to say, by the way, this time she pulled the brake and I just glided into the platform like I had done it a hundred times, right? That's probably not enough for me to get to go back. I share that with you because today we're talking about, uh, you know, this summer we've been talking about the letters, Paul's letters. And the life of Jesus and the letters of Paul do provide us very clear direction for how to move from platform to platform in this life. And the title of our message today is Our Platforms and His Purpose. So I hope you enjoyed that because I did not enjoy that trip or that part of the trip whatsoever. Uh, but it is a good opening for where we're at. So Titus, let's talk about Titus for a few minutes. I've got the book of Titus. Uh, we believe Titus was written somewhere between 63 and 65 A.D., after Paul's first Roman imprisonment. Uh, it's only three chapters. It's a short book. There's really a lot in there for it being so short. But there's a consistent theme in there that we're going to hit today that I think is important. And Titus was a Gentile. Titus was a convert for Paul. Uh, he became a disciple of Paul, and Paul was mentoring him. Paul had a very close relationship with Titus. And so we're going to get to look at that today, and we'll look at the first slide. Uh, Titus 1, 4 through 9. I'm just going to read through this very quickly. 
To Titus, my true son and our common faith, grace and peace be with you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as directed. An elder must be blameless, faithful to one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable and one who loves what is good. I'm highlighting that because you're going to see a consistent theme here in Titus about loving what is good, eager to do what is good, devoted to do what is good. We're going to come back to that as we talk about God's purpose. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So, Titus has been called by God to a platform on the island of Crete. Titus is a Gentile. He's Greek. It makes sense that they would call him there. He understands the culture. He understands the people. He's been given an assignment on the island of Crete to stand up the early church and to right some wrongs that are happening there. Hey, Paul is saying, hey, I need you to go call some leaders together that have some certain qualities to help you because you're going to have some opposition on this island. This is your platform. Let's define platform really quickly. I'm standing on a platform. There's really two simple purposes for this platform. So that you can see me and so that you can hear me. As we talk about platforms today, as we talk about your platform, I want you to think about where you are seen and heard. Because Paul is saying to Titus, you are on a specific platform. This passage, by the way, is probably the most referenced passage in the book in talking about leadership. Here at Hope City, Pastor Josh recently went to the board and brought forward a list of names of people that, that we would make elders here. And he referenced these scriptures. This is referenced often, but I'm not really going to preach on that, but I did want to point out the that those people, in the description of those church leaders, of those spiritual leaders, Paul makes the point to say, one who loves what is good. That is a theme through Titus that we're going to follow. Now, Troy, how does that matter to us? Well, each of us have been blessed with, called to a set of platforms to carry out God's purpose. Troy, how do you know that? Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. 2 Timothy 1, 9, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us by Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. How cool is that? How cool is that? Four key points about these platforms. Got to move fast because there's a lot to cover. I got another service, and if I don't do well, they might not let me speak in the second one. <laughs> Point number one, we have more than one platform, and some of these platforms are unique to us, and some are shared. The platform of Hope City, there's many of us serving here at Hope City 
on a platform to carry hope to the city of Crestview. That is a shared platform. There's many of us in this room that are members here that are bought into that, that are buying into sharing the hope of Jesus Christ with the city of Crestview. That is a shared platform. It takes a bunch of us. It's not just those of us to get to stand on the stage. It's people that are greeting out in the parking lot. It's people that are taking care of our kids. There's an incredible outreach ministry that Kizzy and so many others are involved in and reaching out to this community. It's a shared platform that God has called us to, and many of us are a part of that. Now, another shared platform that we have, you know, God has blessed me to be married. God has blessed me with uh, uh, two, two boys. He's blessed me to be a parent. Many of us in this room are married. Many of us in this room are parents. And so we share the platform of parenthood. Now, I'm uniquely Gage and Jake's dad, but I'm not uniquely a parent. And, Gage, and, and, and God allows us to encourage one another, to care for one another, to carry each other's burdens, to learn from one another. You know, I'm 55 years old and my kids are a little older. There might be something I could help you with a little bit about raising two not-head teenage boys. Make no mistake that our marriage and raising our kids and being a parent is a platform, and on that platform we should be carrying out God's purpose. Make no mistake. Make no mistake that my two sons see me and hear me as it relates to how I treat my wife. Make no mistake that my two sons are watching what my wife does and says back to me. Make no mistake that the people that I'm in touch with in my workplace here at church and in this community can see my marriage and see how I treat my wife. We are to carry out God's purpose in our marriage and in our home. Now again, uniquely, uniquely, I am married to Julie, but we together share that platform of parenthood. My mom and dad had me in 1967. They had my brother four years later. They had my sister 14 years after that. And seven years later, after a tubal ligation, my mom had my youngest brother. My mom, raised, my mom and dad raised four kids in four decades. My youngest brother was three months old at our wedding. Think about that for a second. How different was it to raise me in the 60s and 70s and my little brother in the 90s and 2000s? My mom and dad were married for over 50 years. My dad passed in 2017. Mom, I want to tell you. I'm grateful. Grateful that you carried out God's purpose in your marriage and in our home. Because every one of my brothers and sister know Jesus. They're all married today and committed to that relationship. They all have kids. They're all parents. And we're all amazingly close, even though we're far apart in age. And I'm grateful that you stood on that platform the way that you did. Lastly, the platform of provision. This is the one that I think we all think about. You know, it's easy for us to think about the word called. We think about a pastor is called. We think about Pastor Josh was called to be the pastor here at Hope City. We can get our mind around that very easily. 
I think we can get our mind around saying that a teacher has been called into education. I think we get our minds around a nurse has been called to health care. My son will tell you that he believes he's been called into law enforcement. He started this week with the Crestview Police Department. Yeah. But most of us, most of us, somehow don't necessarily believe that that platform of provision we were called to. Or we may not think of it that way. So I'm going to ask you today to change your perspective, to put on a kingdom lens and understand that that platform of provision is absolutely there for us to make money to take care of our family. But it's also there for us to carry out God's purpose. Right? My nephew just graduated from the University of Arkansas, the Sam Walton Business School, he was there to get an education. It was a platform for education. But he also should be there to carry out God's purpose. He just got hired by the company that I worked for for 22 years as a salesperson. He's changing platforms. It's going to be his platform of provision, or at least the one he starts on. But make no mistake, it should be the platform that he carries out God's purpose on. I want you to hear me today and I want you to think about these platforms. We will face adversity on these platforms. We will face adversity in our marriage. We will face adversity raising our children. We will face adversity in our workplace. I'm sure that's happening in many of your workplaces right now today. The great thing is God will use that adversity on that platform to build our testimony and to build our faith. Troy, what do you mean by testimony? You know, I like to say story. I get to teach in Hope City week three and talk about the church. And I, and I talk about our story, but there's, there's a key difference in just our story and our testimony. And so I want to share that with you. So let me tell you a quick story. Quick story is that Julie and I got married. Within a couple of years of being married, we were pregnant and miscarried. And then we began to try to have children again. It took us almost nine years and a significant time with infertility before we had twin boys. That's a story. The testimony is when we realized that we were having fertility issues, a whole bunch of people started praying. We started committing that entire process to the Lord. And it was not easy, it was significant. There was significant adversity. My wife went through multiple surgeries, so much so to the point that the doctor finally said to us, you have less than 10% chance of ever being parents, biologically. So we made a decision to do one procedure, one time, in vitro fertilization, one procedure, one time, and we decided together, Lord, either you're going to let this work, or I guess we'll find another way to be parents by either adopting or we just won't be parents. But either way, we're going to serve you. Either way, you are our God, and we're going to serve you. And a result of that procedure was twin boys. Not because of the procedure, we naturally had twin boys. We, we were our fertility doctors only set of natural twin boys. We had a miracle set of twins, and that is a testimony. See, the difference in your story 
in a testimony is you add the piece of what Jesus, what God has done for you, to the story. We get to tell people about what He's done for all of us, but you uniquely can tell us what He's done for you. Revelation 12.11 says that we can overcome Him, Him being the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome Him by what Jesus has done, but He also authorizes us to tell, tell people what He has done for us, and it gives us authority over the enemy. God uses our platforms to build our testimony and to build our faith. Our platforms will change, just like I shared with you about Tyler, but his purpose will not. The best example I can give you this is my father-in-law. My father-in-law, we lost our, my father-in-law in 2020. He was in the army. He was an educator. He was a teacher for 28 years. Halfway through being a teacher, he decided he wanted to be a police officer too. He became a reserve police officer while he was a teacher. He had to do everything, all qualifications of anybody else, even though he was only going to be part-time, even though he was going to be restricted in his duty. And he decided to become a police officer, so he did both. He, grad, or he retired from being a teacher after 28 years and then became a full-time police officer for another eight years, serving his community. Jim taught shop. He would be really upset with me if I say, said taught shop. Industrial technology today, I think, is the, is the word. Jim was a skilled craftsman. I mean, he could do anything. He could build anything. He went all over the world. I don't know, 14, 15 mission trips all over the world, building churches, homes, repairing things, building hospitals. One of Julie's greatest memories of her dad is a mission trip to Panama. I have never met, I, I've never met anybody that has used their time and talent better to serve the world, the community, on every platform that he touched than her father. It was incredible to me. Even in his hobbies, Jim was a hunt, he was a hunter, he was, he, he was a, a great, great at hunting and fishing. I mean, it just made me look ridiculous. Um, hard to live up to. He loved riding motorcycles. He was a motorcycle enthusiast. He became the, the president of the chapter of the Christian Motorcyclist Association. He rode his motorcycle in 48 states. He was always a part of the ride to the wall for veterans. He would go to Sturgis and they would pitch a tent and hand out water and tracks and he'd tell people about Jesus. He understood that in every platform, he was called according to God's purpose. Every platform, even the week, the last week of his life, when his body was failing him, as a grandfather and a father, he was still teaching us about Jesus. Our platforms will change, but his purpose will not. Titus, back to Titus. Paul, we started out with Titus. Titus has been called to this platform and now Paul is telling Titus, hey, I need you to tell them a few things. Titus 2, 11 through 15, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. You know, what was great about Paul is Paul was dealing with this issue of the elite, elite Jewish community of which he came from. He had to convince them that that law was no longer necessary. And he had to appeal to 
all the Gentiles, all the non-Jewish community and say, look, Jesus is here for you too. For the grace of God has appeared to offer salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Pastor Josh just talked about this. This is about saying no to self. This is dying to self. This is crucifying our flesh. You're going to have to tell them. You're going to have to teach them. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of God our, 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 Christ, uh, God our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach. Hey, you're going to have to tell them about the grace of God. You're going to have to tell them that He came for all of us, not just the Jewish community. This is a Gentile island that you live on. He didn't just come for the Jews. I'm sending you there because you're Jewish. It's your platform. You own it. And you got to take it to them. Teach them to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Teach them that Jesus redeemed and purified His people, eager to do what is good? Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about God's purpose. It breaks down into five easy action steps. Love God, love others, tell others, teach others, and do good. We're going to go through these really fast, and then I'll be done. And then backstage, I'll get a grade from Josh on how I did. Keep, keep in mind that Jesus has come. Jesus is attracting a crowd. Jesus is demanding an audience. Jesus is speaking with authority. Jesus is healing people. Jesus is conducting miracles. He's challenging the authority of the day. And the Pharisees come to them. They heard Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. They say themselves, let us gather together. One of them, an expert in the law, tests him, teacher, which commandment is greatest in the law? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. The second is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the, here's the part that we don't talk about. We hear that scripture, but we don't talk about that last sentence very much. Jesus says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two. They don't even understand what he's saying at this point. Because he hasn't died on the cross yet. He hasn't been resurrected yet. He hasn't quite established a new covenant yet, and they don't understand. But he's saying, look, I am here. I am the law. The law comes with me. All the law hangs on these two. Love God, love others. How do we do that? Well, to love Him, we have to know Him. We have to know Him. We have to make a decision to follow Him. We have to accept Him. We have to confess Him. And then when we do that, if we will pray, if we will spend time in God's Word, He will help us die to self. He will pull us to His Spirit. You know, loving others is a little bit easier to understand, isn't it? That one's a little bit easier because we can anticipate the need of others we talk about that in Discover Hope Week 3 and anticipating the need of others. Meeting the need of others. We just did that as a church with Kiana's Way. Over 300 students received a backpack to get ready to go to school. Anticipating the need of others. Three and four. Telling others and teaching others. What do we tell them? We tell them who He is. 
We tell him what he's done. You tell him about your testimony. You tell him about what he's done for you. Teaching others what he taught us. That comes directly from what the Bible refers to. The, the words Great Commission are not in the Bible. They put it in there as a header sometimes and telling you about what's happening, but it's not actually in the Bible. But Jesus was about to ascend to heaven, about to ascend to heaven to the right hand of the Father. He had been crucified. He'd been resurrected. He's meeting with the disciples. And he says to them, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. The one who has all authority in heaven and earth is making it clear what we need to do to carry out his purpose. It's clear that purpose doesn't change. He also tells us in Luke that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. You have all the authority you need over the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We know from Revelation 12, 11 that we overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus. We overcome them by the power of the word of our testimony. He's telling us, I have all authority in heaven and earth. You have nothing to worry about. And then he transfers that authority to us. Doing good. You know, if we just act on the first four, the goodness of God in the land of the living shows up. If we just act on the first four, Titus chapter one was about appointing elders who love what is good. Titus chapter two is Paul saying, hey, you need to tell them that God redeemed himself and purified himself of people who are eager to do what is good. And then in chapter 3, he said, you need to teach him this. This is going to take a little more. Pastor Josh just did this for us a few weeks ago. He didn't just die for them. He didn't just offer forgiveness. He justified them. You need to tell them they're justified by His grace. Becoming heirs. They are the Father. He is the Father and they are sons and daughters of the King. And now we're devoted to doing what is good. We move from loving it to being eager to being devoted because we are a son and daughter of the king. Where does goodness come from? The source. Psalm 34 8, Oh, taste and see what the, that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Micah 6 8, Oh man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness. And to walk humbly with your God. Second Timothy, all scripture is breathed by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Titus, we're back, we're back to the we're back to the letter. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful, considerate, and always gentle toward others. He saved us through the washing and the rebirth of His Holy Spirit, 
whom he poured out through Christ Jesus, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Paul goes on to emphasize this point. This is a trustworthy saying. I want you to stress these things, Titus. They need to get it. Those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. You know, um, a few months ago, a good friend of ours, Rich McCracken, passed away. And I got to go see Marlon a few days ago and ask if I could share this story. Um, Rich and Marlon, about two years ago, I think, moved to Katy Manor. And Katy Manor is this really cool place right around the corner. Uh, my mom lives there now. And there's several others that, that live there. And it, it's, a, it's a community for, for, for seniors 55 and older. And, and when, when, they, when Rich and Marm moved there, I remember Rich telling me, I mean, he thought he had just like bought a resort. I mean, he was so excited about moving to this place and the amenities that it had. And I remember him sharing that story with me. And when Rich passed, Mar Marlon asked us to hold the service at Katie Manor. And so for those of us that were involved in trying to figure that out, that was a little bit of an unusual request. It was a little bit challenging. Now they have a beautiful common area and lobby there. They have a full kitchen and a place to serve meals and they have this comfortable furniture and a place to lounge. I mean, it's kind of like a cool lobby to a hotel, but it's not really designed for a service like that. And so we're all kind of scrambling. And, and here's the other thing. They have a really cool, cool policy there that if you do anything in the common area at Katy Manor, that everybody that lives there is welcome, right? You can't exclude anybody and nor should you. So we're trying to figure out how to do this and I'm picking up a meal and I'm bringing it and mom and other ladies are scrambling, figuring out how to serve everybody because we, don't, we really don't know how many people are coming. We don't know how many people from the building are going to show up. And Rich and Mar loved Hope City and they loved Destiny Worship Center and both pastors were coming. So there's people coming from both churches. I mean, we just don't know how this whole thing's going to go, right? And I just remember taking that there and mom asked me to go get some ice and I ran to get some ice and I couldn't stay, but I just wanted to see Marlon before I left. And I had the opportunity to see her as I was delivering the ice and I hugged her and I kneeled down and she thanked me for being there. And I just remember in light of what had just happened, how kind she was, how peaceful she was, how appreciative she was, how grateful and as I was preparing, I was actually driving back from Missouri. As I was preparing, the Lord said to me, you need to go tell Marlon. And you need to tell Hope City that her decision carried out all five action steps all at one time. That by honoring her husband, she was honoring me. 
She was loving me and loving others. She created a venue where people would hear the testimony of Rich and hear about Jesus. And she was teaching us in that moment to be kind, to be peaceful, to be humble. And it was good. It was really good. People showed up that day, but more importantly, the goodness of God in the land of the living showed up that day. Marlon, I want to thank you for the example of showing us how to carry out God's purpose. That also allowed me to share with my mom that it doesn't matter. You know, my mom and my mother-in-law have lost their husbands, and I can't imagine both were married for more than 50 years. I can't imagine what that would be like. And I know that both of them have shared with me at, at times they feel like they've lost their purpose. But I got to share with mom, mom, you have a platform as a mom and a grandmother. You have a platform. Both of you have a platform at Katie Manor. There's people there that need to know Jesus. And you still have the opportunity to carry out his purpose. I challenge you this week to think a little bit differently about the platforms that you have. I want you to think about where you are seen and heard. And I want you to think about carrying out God's purpose. Pastor Josh? Great word, brother. Thank you. Can we all stand, please? Wow, platform. You know, one of the things the Lord was speaking to me while Troy was talking is uh, the infertility season. Wendy and I went through that. And the Lord just ministered to me while Troy was saying that. And the platform you currently have, there's someone who would give everything to be where you are. And so who are we to make light of our current platform? Because God has placed you there. It has value. Right? And people say, oh, this is just a job. Is it, can I tell you something? God opens doors called jobs every day. And that even if you're just there for a short season because you don't like being there, whatever, that purpose still continues in that platform. And so uh, I want to thank Troy. What an amazing word uh, from the book of Titus today. But I want to challenge each of us as we leave here. Shift your paradigm. Shift your thoughts and your patterns. And when you really begin to think kingdom-minded, you won't just see it as a job anymore. You won't just see it as a title anymore. You won't just see it as being a dad or what well, everybody does. No, no, no. You have an opportunity. Wendy and I say this all the time. It's not I have to. No, it's a get to when you start thinking correctly according to the kingdom. And when you set your paradigm and your thoughts correctly, you will see that job as a platform that God has established you. I love what he said, to be seen and to be heard as a child of God. Isn't that great? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word that went forth today. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, that you have established us with a platform to make a difference in our community. And we thank you, Lord, that Crestview is changing because of the people and the platforms that you have brought together. And Lord, you have purposefully placed us 
on the platforms where we are found right now. So, Lord, use us for the purposes of the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, for the word that went forth today. Let it uh, lock in our hearts that we might use it uh, to change our thinking and to sharpen our days to where we might be more productive for the kingdom. And we'll give you praise for that. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. But whatever you have taken us to, whatever you have led us to, whatever platform that you have placed us on, bless us there and multiply us there that we might be used for the purposes of the King. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring us back next week with more of your word, more of your wisdom locked away in our hearts. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.